Hello and welcome back. Long time no see. You're tuned into the Ben Sawyer's NBA show here on KHUA Fayetteville 88.3 FM, the eclectic destination of the Ozarks and the student-run radio station here at the University of Arkansas. Got a great show planned for you today, talking the Memphis Grizzlies, number two in the entire NBA. Great for me. I'm a huge Grizzlies fan, as you guys know already. Uh, It's looking good. Looking to be a good season for us. Um, MVP conversation. The... We're going to talk all of the candidates there, top three, that I'm looking into, uh, provide you all the analysis there too. And then the first team all-NBA conversation, uh, a lot of players that might get snubbed that probably would deserve this in many other years. This is the best year we've seen for a lot of players. So we're going to get into that. Thanks for tuning in. We'll get right into it. So to top off the show, we're going to get into my favorite topic to discuss week after week, night after night, day after day, the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, we're just coming off a Phoenix Suns-Grizzlies game where the Phoenix Suns lost to the Grizzlies. Uh, The Grizzlies were missing four starters, uh, and one of those, notably, is somebody who's been in the MVP conversation during the season is Ja Morant. John Morant has been playing phenomenally. He's been having these insane season averages. uh, And the Grizzlies have looked good with him. But the Grizzlies have also looked phenomenal without John Morant, going 20-2 and on the season. Dropping only two losses, insane. And that really speaks to the depth of this Grizzlies team. You've got players like Desmond Bain, who is out in this game. Um, But role players, let's talk about the role players on the Grizzlies. Uh, smaller names that most people probably don't know is John Conchar uh, and Santi Aldama. Santi Aldama, he's got some of his only minutes that he's gotten on the Memphis Grizzlies this season in this past game against the Phoenix Suns, and he looked phenomenal. Uh, John Conchar is one of those players who can just rebound at a small stature. This dude's built, but uh, he's shorter, and he can still rebound the ball, and he does it all. Uh, and the Grizzlies have a lot of players who do it all, uh, one of them notably being uh, Mr. Do-Something, DeAnthony Melton, who has been absolutely cooking on teams in the regular season. Uh, and I want to talk about all the all the depth that the Grizzlies have and how that will translate into playoff contention. Because right now, DeAnthony Melton is getting wide-open looks in the corner. And come playoff time, just nobody's going to allow that. No team's going to allow that. If we go up against uh, the Mavericks or the no team in the NBA is allowing these wide open threes in playoff contention. And let's be real. We're looking at the NBA and in playoff contention, a lot of players, a lot of teams and coaches are running these eight man lineups. So you got your starting five and then maybe three people off the bench who are good role players who will play some maybe garbage time minutes. But you're mainly playing the starting five, and the Grizzlies have a strong one. They've got John Morant, Desmond Bain, uh, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Steven Adams. Now, that's a young team. This Grizzlies team is a young team, uh, but they've been here before in the playoffs. They've made it once. They ha- they've only made it once in their time, uh, and that was last season against the Utah Jazz where they were first round out. Uh, but this is a team that seems to be pretty hungry, and is kind of going after these wins. Uh, and so I also want to talk about being a Memphis Grizzlies fan because I think I can offer a unique perspective on this. I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, I've always been a fan of the Grizzlies since Pau Gasol, Shane Battier, all those uh, really old Grizzlies teams uh, that may not have been the best. And, hey, look, 
you're looking at a guy, you're listening to a guy right now who attended games when uh, Devontae, or not Devontae, excuse me, Devontae Davis is a player for the Arkansas Razorbacks here. Uh, Deontay Davis. Uh, many of you probably don't know him. He had a long stint in the G League with the Santa Cruz Warriors. Now I believe he's playing overseas. Uh, but Deontay Davis was in the starting lineup at a point. Jamichael Green, who's playing for the Denver Nuggets now, uh, starting lineup. A lot of players that people don't even know. I mean, I was a fan of the Grizzlies when they had Lance Stevenson and Mario Chalmers and Matt Barnes. Uh, really weird teams that I've always loved in the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, but the other day, I was wearing my Memphis Grizzlies hat around campus. Someone says, oh, you like the Memphis Grizzlies? He's like, do you really or are you just now hopping on this season? And I was shocked uh, because I've never heard of anybody. I've never been remotely accused of being a bandwagon fan for the Memphis Grizzlies until this season. And I think that speaks to the success that this team has had. Uh, Immense success, immense popularity. This is a team that had like, what, 14, less than 14, uh, very few uh, national TV games going into the season. The Pelicans had more. Let's speak on that. This is a Grizzlies team that made the playoffs yet had less uh, national television games than the New Orleans Pelicans. You have a rookie of the year in John Moran on this team. You have somebody who locked up Steph Curry in the play-in tournament in Dylan Brooks. You've got a guy who's been here in Steven Adams who I, I assume most of the league loves because how can you hate Steven Adams to such a strong extent? He just seems like a fun guy. Uh, you got a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. who's just a good teammate. Uh, it, this Grizzlies team is fun. They are explosive. They can dunk. They can shoot threes. They're fast. Uh, and they're leading the league in so many stats, like offensive rebounds, total rebounds, uh, defensive rebounds, just all of these uh, points. Th they're insane. They're in an insane team, and it's insane to watch them week after week just dominate. Even the best teams in the league, like the Phoenix Suns, who are the best team in the league, dominated them without four of their starters. Ridiculous. Ridiculous, and uh, a lot of that is in part because it's such a deep team. Uh, and uh, like I said, walking around campus with a Grizzlies hat now, I'm like, are people looking at me and saying, man, this guy only likes him because John Morant. It's like, no, I've been, I, I like Mike Conley. I like uh, Marcus Saul. I was happy when Marcus Saul won a championship with the Raptors. Uh, I'm still hoping in the back of my head, Mike Conley gets some sort of win in his life uh, with the Utah Jazz, but now I'm really hoping for the Grizzlies to make the finals uh, above Mike Conley. But no, I mean, it's such a bold accusation uh, to be thrown at and just be uh, skewed into this conversation where now I could be looked on as a bandwagon fan. Uh, it's like, this must be how a bunch of the old school Warriors fans felt when Steph Curry and Klay Thompson started becoming the Splash Brothers and make it into the finals every single season. Uh, but this Grizzlies team isn't there yet. They've still got a lot to prove. They're not the Warriors yet. Um, but they're looking good. And I'm really hoping this pans out for the rest of the season. I'm really hoping they make a pretty deep run in the playoffs. I will say, as a Grizzlies fan, I am frightened. I'm quaking in my boots here at the uh, proposition of meeting either the Minnesota Timberwolves or the Dallas Mavericks in the playoffs. I'm fine taking on the Clippers. I'm fine taking on pretty much any other team in a seven-game series. But Dallas scares me uh, because the Grizzlies have not had great regular season success against Dallas. They've just locked us up. I don't know what the deal is there. Uh, but also, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves are just 
frightening too with the talent that they have on that lineup. Uh, Patrick Beverly scares me. I feel like he's going to injure John Morant, and that's pretty much all I got to say. Those teams are scary, and I would not want to be the Grizzlies seeing them in the playoffs. But then again, it's the playoffs. It's a whole different animal, and the Grizzlies, I'm sure, will get their stuff together. Uh, But let's move on to the MVP conversation. Now, I've got three guys who I really think are the only ones in contention for this at this point. And that's Nikola Jokic, who's averaging 26.5 points per game, 13.6 rebounds per game, and 8 assists per game. Uh, He's really doing it all, and I firmly believe that if you take Nikola Jokic off of uh, the—what reigning MVP Nikola Jokic might have had, if you take him off the Denver Nuggets, uh, that team is maybe winning 30 games. It's not even close. They're not in contention. You've got Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray, and that's about it. I mean, Will Barton, he's a Memphis native. I've always loved Will Barton. He can score, but he has his off nights. He can be inconsistent. Uh, Same with Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon can be wildly inconsistent at times. Uh, Just not a level of talent there without Nikola Jokic that is capable of high-caliber winning as they are with him. Uh, Then again, they're still in the lower seed, so maybe uh, Jokic is really the only one keeping them in playoff contention. Uh, second is Giannis. He's another player. I, I think it's undeniable. Giannis is one of the most transformational, uh, players in the league right now. He is insane. He is a unicorn. He is one of a kind. He's long. He's strong. He can just get it done all around the court. He's really improved on his three point shot over his career. He's improved on his game as a whole. Uh, and it's hard locking him up because he's so fast. He's so tall. I mean, look, if you've ever played the guy in 2K, you know he's unstoppable. Nobody's playing against Giannis and succeeding in any way, shape, or form. He's averaging 30.4 points per game. Uh, notably, that's a lot more points per game than Nikola Jokic. Uh, Jokic only averaging 26.5, only, I say. Uh, 11.7 rebounds per game and 5.8 assists per game. Now, Giannis, I will admit, is one of the biggest offensive threats in the NBA, and him being able to rebound the level he does too is great. I'd also say I'd rather have Giannis in the fast break than Nikola Jokic, and I think that's a, a very clear reason why. It's very obvious that uh, Jokic is a little pudgy, and Giannis can just sprint down the court with his like a deer, like a buck, one might say. Uh, phenomenal player, Giannis. Phenomenal. Um, but I really still think Jokic is number one in my eyes because he gets it done not only scoring-wise, not only rebounding, uh, not only assists. He is somebody who really is the offense and defense uh, of the Denver Nuggets. When he's on the court, all of the offense runs through him, uh, whether it's getting an assist or whether he gets to the basket. He's tricky. He's smart. He's got one of the highest basketball IQs in all of the NBA. Probably the number one passer in the NBA. Uh, ridiculous. He what, what he does at night after night is ridiculous, especially for a guy who is not as athletically inclined as Giannis, not as athletically inclined as Joel Embiid or even any of these smaller guards in the league like John Morant or Devin Booker who are also in that conversation. But to me... Um, The third guy in this list is Joel Embiid, 30 points per game, 11.5 rebounds per game, 4.2 assists per game. Um, 
I, I think jo- Joel Embiid has been surrounded by immense talent on that Philadelphia 76 team, whether it was Seth Curry, now it's James Harden. Uh, he's really been the full offense of the 76ers because he is Ben Simmons was out, and now he's got James Harden who's taking up a little bit of that load. Uh, but I don't necessarily think he does as much as Nikola Jokic. He contributes as much to the team as Nikola Jokic. Or let me rephrase. I don't think he is as valuable as Nikola Jokic on the trade market. If we're looking at most valuable player, what do we ascribe value to? I ascribe value to Nikola Jokic is the best player on a team that is in playoff contention. He runs the entire offense. When he's off the court, that team falls apart. And it's just not the same with Joel Embiid. He has the talent of James Harden right next to him. And James Harden is a talent, as much as I hate to admit it. Uh, He's not just flopping. He's not just getting to the free throw line. Nor is Joel Embiid. They're both talented players. Um, But their game definitely is diminished by the outside perspective of them and the media perspective of them. And even the fan perspective is, oh, these guys are just floppers. They're the ones that are ruining the game. Whereas Jokic is somebody who works around that. And look, I know there's a problem with two-time MVPs. Uh, Frankly, Giannis should have been MVP many times back-to-back. But in this case, I think it's well-deserved. I think we need to stop looking at it and being like, why does this guy have to win year after year, back-to-back? If he's the most valuable player, that's it. He is the most valuable player. And there can be arguments that are made between players. But the stats don't lie. Uh, The advanced stats don't lie on seeing what he's like with off off the court. Uh, So just look at it if you want to. Uh, Jokic is the best player in the NBA right now, most valuable. And uh, I don't think there's much arguing to that. So he's my MVP. He should be yours too. Now let's move over to the first team All-NBA conversation. This one is a little bit trickier. Uh, I think those three guys I mentioned before uh, are just locks. Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. Now, it's hard to say they're locks, though, because they the media voting would have to agree upon uh, either Jokic or Embiid being listed at the forward spot. Because right now you've got two guard spots, two forward spots, and one center spot. And it's inarguable that Jokic and Embiid are both centers. They are not forwards in any way, shape, or form. But it seems improbable that they would be snubbed from this conversation just based on positions because they are the two best players in the NBA. Now, Giannis sees a lock for that forward position. Jokic is a lock, uh, and Embiid is a lock. It's just a matter of the media will have to coordinate uh, in voting whether Jokic or Embiid is listed at that forward spot or the center spot, uh, because if not, hey, you might have some other random power forward getting put into the conversation, or small forward for that matter, uh, put into the conversation. And another interesting part of this is, I don't know what they would list Luka as. Is he a forward? Is he a guard? Um, and I've got, I've got two instances here. Here's my... Uh, First team all NBA, if Luca is listed as a forward, that means he's going to be in that forward conversation. I will say it should be John ja Morant, Devin Booker, Giannis, Jokic, and Bede. Because I don't think if he's listed as forward that uh, he is 
in that conversation because if it's between Giannis and Jokic or Luka Doncic for forward position, I would say Giannis and Jokic deserve it. They have been in the MVP conversation this whole season. Now, Luka is an immense talent, and he's one of those players that if you take him off that team, they are getting nothing done. That is a team where the next best player is probably Jalen Brunson or uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, so, no, I, I, I really do respect Luka's game, but if he's listed at forward, he's not beating out Giannis or Jokic because those are two of the best players in the NBA. Um, if he is listed as a guard, I think that instead of Devin Booker, you replace D-Book with uh, Luka Doncic, and you keep John Morant because, hey, I, I, not to be a hometown hero here, but John Morant has just improved significantly over the offseason. He is the reason this team is number two, whereas you could argue uh, Devin Booker is tied up there with Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. He's surrounded by a lot of stars there, uh, all-stars. And Ja is the only all-star on this Memphis Grizzlies roster. He is the only one. And uh, that is without question uh, why I think Ja Morant should be in the first team All-NBA regardless uh, so I put Ja, Luka Doncic, Giannis, Jokic, Embiid if Luka is listed as a guard instead of a forward. Uh, and this is no slander to Devin Booker. Devin Booker is a transformational athlete. He uh, Look, this is a team that was in the finals last season. And they might be in the finals again this season uh, because Steph Curry's out. Hey, they've got a wide open window in the West other than the Grizzlies, uh, which they may have to face off against. But they are looking phenomenal uh, with DeAndre Ayton. I love Mikael Bridges. I love Chris Paul and Devin Booker on that team. Uh, it's strong. It's strong. And Jay Crowder, former Memphis Grizzly, love him. Uh, fantastic team, fantastic roster on the Phoenix Suns, fantastic coaching uh, with Monty Williams there. And look, this it's inarguable that the Phoenix Suns are a great team and they can compete in the Western Conference. They could win it all. Uh but Devin Booker, to me, is just not on the first-team All-NBA docket. I would move him down to second-team before I move John Morant down or Luka Doncic down. Uh, so that's just what it is. And I'm not backing down on that because, look, it, it, same thing is with the averages. Uh, if you look at John Morant's averages, they're just higher. They're just better. And if you look at his just level of play on the court, how it improved – over last season, and how this team improved over last season despite very little roster changes. The Memphis Grizzlies uh, got rid of Jonas Valanciunas, got in Steven Adams, drafted Zaire Williams, and uh, who's been great, and Santi Aldama, who's mostly been playing for the G League. Uh, great team, and very little change, though. They, Jaron got healthy, Dylan Brooks got healthy, uh, and this team has just come out of the gates firing on all cylinders, and it's gotten to them to the number two spot in the NBA. It's gotten the franchise their first uh, Southwest Division victory championship. They won the division over the Rockets, Pelicans, Mavericks, uh, and I cannot even remember the other members because who, who really pays attention to divisions in the NBA? Uh, for the first time, I was like, oh, yeah, we won our division. That's insane. Uh, and this team is also not to like gloss over this huge, 
huge news. This might be the best Memphis Grizzlies team in existence because they are one win away from tying the franchise records for most win in a season with 56. Uh, and they could possibly break that record if they wanted to. Uh, and that just looks great. I, I love it. I love this Memphis Grizzlies team. I cannot praise them enough for, especially the front office, how this franchise has just turned it around in such a short period of time. And a lot of that is due to smart decisions from the front office, but also just the generational talent that John Morant is. Uh, and I could not be happier as a Memphis Grizzlies fan. But with that being said, that is all the time I have today for the Ben Sawyer's NBA show. You've been tuned into KXUA Fayetteville, 88.3 FM, the eclectic destination of the Ozarks. For this podcast, it can be found anywhere on streaming. Just search up the Ben Sawyer's NBA show. Uh, And more podcasts like this one can be found at kxua.uark.edu. And there you can find more podcasts under the podcast tab. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. I'll be back soon with more NBA content, hopefully covering those playoffs, hopefully covering a deep run for the Grizzlies. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good one.